This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye in the sky. This is Seattle Overload. Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go. Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast where... Ty and I are back to recap some news. Some of it is new news. Some of it is slightly older news, but we've got enough news news. to talk about. Ty, Mm -hmm. news. News. Uh, All right. Well, Sean Desai is gone. That finally happened after weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of hearing him taking interviews and exploring options and dropping out of, you know, certain... uh, coaching vacancies and exploring other coaching vacancies not getting those coaching vacancies uh but now he is officially the new philadelphia eagles defensive coordinator trying to help them defend their nfc title and replacing jonathan gannon maddie buckle up let's have some fun there you go so this is an interesting one because uh, on the face of it, the reason that Desai was available last year after being Chicago Bears defense coordinator in 2021, or the reason that he took the job in Seattle is that, you know, he seemingly couldn't get a defensive coordinator position elsewhere. He was familiar with Clint Hurt. He knew the system. So maybe he viewed this as a one-year deal and, and was going to be leaving anyway. We, we don't know that. Uh, and he did aggressively clearly try and get a defensive coordinator spot interviewed in a lot of places and ended up landing in philadelphia so he's been credited by various players as as being influential and a great teacher mm-hmm. okay the seahawks secondary was most impressive at corner where i believe carl scott the cornerbacks coach had most of the influence but mm-hmm. you know the side did work with the safeties and we didn't get to see what jamal adams could do last year like after that impressive um pressure where he ended up injuring himself for for the whole season which is tragic Diggs was fine he was Quandry Diggs and Ryan Neal came in and played pretty okay so all pro Ryan Neal (laughs) there you go pretty okay all pro (laughs) there you go and PFF (laughs) crazy high grade which you know maybe those two are linked Mm, conspiracy Mm. Mm. anyway so Desai clearly had a, a a unique role in Seattle, and Pete Carroll yeah. said at the combine that 
Seattle could get creative to fill that spot. Now, what that means, we're, we're not so sure. We, we'll talk mm-hmm. about a, a later appointment. But, like, the thing with Desai is if you look at his time with the Bears, they ran this 2-4-5 nickel uh, over G front, so three tech to the tight end, a two-eye nose tackle away with two high looks all the time. And what did Seattle do after 2021 where they didn't even show that kind of front that often? They basically ran the 245 over G, same front, all well, for the majority of snaps, which, you know, the common theme is Desai has come and so we're going to be doing this. And they, it worked in, in like 11 personnel zone run situations, but against 11 personnel gap runs like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, used uh, in the tendency changing game in Munich. Mm-hmm. More than that, in games like, uh, you know, teams who weren't using 11 personnel zone runs, teams were using heavier personnel, Seattle still, in certain games, had a tendency to just stick in this 2-4-5, whatever. They didn't even move in it, really. Uh, they occasionally did. They didn't fire zone. They just sat in this front, which was very Desai-esque from 2021 Bears. Rem- remember when Richard Penny ran all over the Bears? That was a thing. So Desai mm-hmm. leaving... Maybe, you know, he wanted just to go for another defense coordinator job. Perhaps Seattle has picked a different direction or sort of a different emphasis on defense this year. Maybe Pete Carroll has had enough. That That's all conjecture. I think there's an element of it being, you know, a, a slight disagreement of the direction that they should go. The reason Seattle do the 2-4-5 is by playing heavy defense tackles on the interior as a heavy three technique and a two-eye, they are sort of, gap and a halfing if Uh you're showing a too high safety shell even if you're spinning down to one high if they're both too high you sort of need to buy time for that and also it enables both edge players which are outside linebackers in seattle system they can play wide kind of nine techniques super wide so there's like there's method to the madness is just doing it all the time when they didn't Uh really have the players to do it and it didn't fit their talent was a kind of a disaster. And even then, doing it all the time is slightly arrogant, I, I'd suggest. Right. So, yeah, the size gone. And how much that was him just wanting to leave versus sort of maybe a, a mutual agreement. We'll, mm-hmm. You know, we'll, ne- we'll never know because that's not right. how things work. But uh, you can read in between the lines there of some things which are definitely relevant. Right. Well, and, you know, we talked about the... Um... You know, the possibility of having too many cooks and the, the dangers of that and yeah we saw know, this coming didn't we we saw this coming like before we, we were talking about this yeah we, we were talking about this pretty much you know during the last few weeks of the season right yeah yep. uh good job um so yeah you know it, it, hopefully this opens the door for um you know a more focus uh streamline you know, kind of aligned thinking within the uh, Seahawks defensive coaching staff where there isn't, where there doesn't seem to be as much apparent push and pull uh, between, you know, certain uh, folks within the coaching staff. So, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, the, the the interesting thing, and we're, we're going to obviously get into uh, the, um, uh, the other, you know, the coaching hire that the Seahawks made today. But, uh, you know, so far on both sides of the ball, they've been hiring from, from the outside they haven't been promoting from within so that's kind of interesting to see how maybe those voices impact things as as well but uh yeah so you know overall and you know and again that kind of ties into pete's comment about um you know getting creative in terms of essentially filling uh the size 
opening now. So that's, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this, uh, how they address the rest of the coaching staff and just kind of fill all the, uh, the rest of the rest of this group. But, uh, yeah, let's, let's talk about that then. So Brandon mm. Jordan, uh, was hired today, mm. uh, per Jordan Schultz. He is Schultz's report listed uh, Brandon Jordan as their new pass rush speci- specialist. Mm. Uh, he most recently had the same role at Michigan State. Uh, Jordan, right. um, he works with loads of NFL guys, though. It's pretty cool. Like he was, uh, I read an athletic article. Um, let me, I should get the name of the author. But essentially, he was coaching non power five. I think Austin, is it Austin PV? Austin PA? Yeah, I think it's Austin, Austin P. Actually. P, just P, yeah. straight up P. Yeah, yeah I think it's P. Yeah, uh, a, a small school, and then was out out of work after two, you know, for two years. Managed to land, with, uh, you know, just coaching up guys how to pass rush and really developed ways to coach them and mm-hmm. ver- various drills and methods and sort of broke it down into stages. And then that attracts attention. Lands at Michigan State has been there for the past two years under Mel Tucker, who incidentally mm-hmm. runs a kind of a Nick Saban tree defense. And, but but it, it's clear at Michigan State he had just a pass rush specialist role. I think he believe you know they were running technically like a four down front, but he was working kind of more of the edges and the kind of edge rush guys were the, the defensive line coach working the D tackles. But uh, mm-hmm. Brandon Jordan, he also just works with so many NFL guys. Like he he had a tweet uh, where uh, in January uh, last year where he says he's trained 195 NFL players. I think that yeah. number's only rising. Like there's videos of him working with Max Crosby from February and videos of him working with like, all kinds of brilliant, brilliant players from from yeah. all levels. Even and, it, with, and, like... it, and it's not just pass rushers either. Like he worked with DK. Uh, that's one of the guys mm. listed on that on that graphic that he posted. He's worked with quite a few Seahawks players in the past, including Puda Ford. Uh, so yeah, you know, you listen to, you, you hear some of the names that he's... Uh, kind of, um, you know, coached or, or just at least, you know, worked with Juan Miller, Cam Hayward, some pretty impressive names on there. So this guy, uh, this guy's resume is um, pretty impressive. Yeah. And so immediately my mind, when I saw that big pass rush specialist, Aaron Curry left, obviously, he was technically yep. listed as defensive assistant, but he uh, most recently in 2022 with Seattle being a 3-4 in name as well as nature was coaching the outside linebackers, that edge rush group. And I immediately thought, oh, well, not knowing much about Brandon Jordan, oh, Brandon Jordan is going to come in and be the outside linebackers coach. Right. With Schultz describing him as a pass rush specialist and with Jordan's business coaching other guys in the league as well, it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. I don't think he's like associate head coach material. Uh, he's not, I mean, maybe he is. I could be wrong. I don't think he right. is. That, and I think Schultz would have reported it as that. But maybe mm. he is that kind of creative defensive assistant. Maybe Seattle gets another one in to replace Desai. But to me, it right. seemed more obvious as a Curry replacement uh, before I learned that, you know, Schultz has got a business coaching up all kinds of NFL and college prospects. Mm-hmm. And, you know, given the, the respect that he clearly has from a lot of, you know, folks around the league, Maybe this, you know, is a, a decent boon for the Seahawks heading into free agency in terms of attracting players, particularly pass rushers, if they're looking to, you know, bolster that group. So, yeah, uh, and, that, you know, he's worked with like one of the videos I saw is him working with Will Anderson Jr. So there's definitely oh, there an, ins- 
yeah, why not ask for a bit of insight from from him if you're in the front office as well, you know, mm. getting ready to pick at number five overall. And even, you know, throughout the draft, he's worked with uh, Foskey as well out of Notre Dame. Mm. So really interesting exercise. Clearly looks looks like on paper, like absolute knockout the park, brilliant hire. And, yeah. you know, Michigan State were letting him use their facility to coach uh, guys. So he clearly had a good arrangement there. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see what the exact role is in Seattle and whether he's still continues what he's doing. I'm sure he will, but uh, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And like you think about Daryl Taylor and his sort of struggles with inconsistency. Now, most of his issues were setting the edge against the run, but he definitely has the talent to be, as Clint Hurt said, you know, as good as he wants to be, as as I said as well. And and that includes as a pass rusher. There's stuff like. You know, okay, it's great that you can get off the football really fast and dip under an edge, but you know, hang, hang on a sec. What's your second move? Does Dow Taylor have a second move yet? Probably not really. Maybe mm. you know, and you know, how how can you make your your first move more reliable? Well, a, a pass rush specialist would be definitely the answer. And right. and you know, Aaron Curry leaving to be the inside linebackers coach in Pittsburgh. It's just a good to have a new voice, I think, uh, for for Daryl Taylor and and you know th- they've got a young group as well, like as what well, um, behind like Yuchen and Nwosu, there's kind of nothing, so that and they'll be adding y- more young picks too. So yeah, yeah, Boye Mafe is another guy as well. Mm, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. So yeah, no, it's a it's a really interesting gift for them, especially when they haven't necessarily had a role at least with this name, right? Like. Mm. I- yeah, you know, I don't like even no. you know, before Aaron Curry. I don't remember them ever having a pass rush specialist on their staff. So that's interesting too. That's pretty uh, badass. I wish yeah. I was a pass rush specialist. All right, so uh, let's talk about uh, Austin Blythe. Um, yes, he, he announced on his Instagram a few days ago. What was it? Wednesday, I think, uh, when we were initially supposed to do the show. Uh, he announced his retirement from the NFL at the age of thirty. Um, kind of a, a little bit of a surprise seemed like the, uh, the Seahawks were pleased with what he did this past season and that, uh, you know, there would be some interest there in, in retaining him, but, uh, yeah, no, he's, uh, he's, he's done. Um, so he's hanging it up after a pretty decent year with the Seahawks. And so now that means the Seahawks, of course, with, uh, I believe only Kyle Fuller, uh, on their roster right now in terms of someone that can fairly play center. Um, they're going to need to go out and get a center either, you know, via free agency or in the draft. So that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. And we, um, heard today that they met with, uh, the center from Minnesota. I always forget his name, John Michael Schmitz. Schmitz. Yeah. It's Schmitz, not Schwartz. Yeah. Schmitz. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's one indication of maybe where they're leaning. Um, but, uh, yeah. What do you think about Blythe? retiring and and the Seahawks ultimately having to replace them here well you know at 30 early retirements are slightly more common than they used to be but still 30 and after seven seasons where you know he was playing good football solid football yeah did he have his weaknesses yeah sure but he's playing solid football you presumed mm. Seattle would be interested in re-signing him I think I read something about Pete Carroll trying to like get him not to retire like there was like some late night um you know, don't retire. But maybe I just, maybe I dreamt that. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's kind of a major deal because you need a center. 
replacement wise, yeah, as you said, Ty Phil Haynes could do it in a pinch, and right. uh, yeah. maybe Lewis could kind of as well. But Blythe doing this, it means Seattle and free agency will will sign someone because they don't enter a draft with a hole in their roster. It's a big principle of theirs. So now they'll be scouring the free agent centers, and I don't think it's the best market. I know a certain Ethan Posick is is returning, and, <laughs> and that would be <laughs> that would be funny. Like he mm. had a good season. He yeah, he finished his last year in Seattle good, but that might be a bit pricey now. He's had back to back years of. Season. I would love to see Seahawks Twitter's reaction to that. Yeah, well, it would have been even better if uh, you see Justin Britt. He, he he's actually retiring. He, he but, retired too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but imagine That's if they, they'd gone back for Justin Britt. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, centers are a big need, and they I don't think they were anticipating this was ha- going to happen. Really, they would probably thought they'd they'd re-signed Blythe, but now they sort of got to scour a bit more. Yeah. So, you know, uh, there's the whole question of I mean, like if you want Schmitz you're probably going to have to draft them with one of your first four picks. So the whole discussion about that, the value of centers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure we'll get into that a bit more on a future show. Um, but yeah, free agent market's not great for center. Uh, so I kind of feel like it's it's probably going to, this is probably going to wind up with them drafting a center at some point. Doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be Schmitz. Um, maybe it's someone, you know, on day three or something like that, but, uh, yeah. Uh, and I don't know, you know, the center is a weird position too, in terms of money and how contracts have kind of inflated at that position as of late. So, hmm. um, you know, we'll, um, we'll see if like it just, you know, especially given the lack of overall talent involved in the group this year, if guys just get paid outrageous money. And so it probably makes more sense for the Seahawks at this point to uh, get someone on a cheaper deal. But yeah. Yeah. And another day two name from the draft is like Steve, Steve Avila from right. TCU, who's yeah. kind of a left guard, but he's played center as well. And, mm. you know, th- there's a few interesting sort of day two names. And I wasn't planning to really, really dive in, but now probably have to hurry that process up a bit. Lucky I'm not the one in charge of making that decision. Yeah. So that is a bit of a bummer. The good news, though, Ty, is after the 2020 season where Austin Blythe left the Rams, the Rams in the following season won the Super Bowl. Mm. And after the 2021 season where Blythe left the Chiefs, beat out Mm. by a certain Creed Humphrey, Mm. the then 2022 Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Mm. So, Blythe, let me let me get this straight. Blythe is leaving the Seahawks in twenty after the twenty twenty two season. So the twenty twenty three Seahawks are Super Bowl champions. That seems like the clear pattern. Confirm. That is how it works. You heard us, folks. Get to your uh, favorite sports book. Yeah, push it all in. All yeah, well, yeah, gamble responsibly. Yes, yes, of course, of course. This is also hashtag not betting advice. Hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not very good at betting. Are you good at betting? No, no. I'm going to Vegas this month too. I'm not going to oh. bet at all. Well, gonna avoid that like the plague. Well, maybe like you could bet, but then you don't tell anyone because you know what they say about Vegas. No, I don't know what they say about Vegas, Maddie. What What do they say about Vegas? 
I believe it's um, what happens in Vegas. You, I think, you you don't tell anyone. I think the the draft the draft starts in Vegas. Oh, well, look at the hat I'm wearing. We need mm. to we need to make amends, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, one of our podcasters has clearly ruffled a few feathers. Uh, yeah. a, a certain someone that is uh, not present today. Yes, and but so is a they, part of the Seattle Overload brand for themselves. But yeah, also yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone got a little risky on Twitter, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know what I would bet on though, Maddie. Oh, going back to bet- betting. Aaron Doncor getting actual snaps in the XFL with his new team, uh, the Roughnecks. The Houston Roughnecks. There we go. That's the one. I'm a I'm a big XFL guy. If you couldn't tell. Massive. What does it stand for? Yeah. Extra Football League. It, it, well, it used to be the Extreme Football League. I don't know if it's still that. Oh, you're right. That was stupid. It's just. Extreme doesn't begin with an E, so you yeah. see how I was confused. I see what they've done there. That's very clever wordplay. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ex- extra, I mean, extra also starts with an E, Maddie. So you were also trying to dabble in some clever wordplay. Guilty, guilty. But yeah, good for good for Donko. Now it was tragic mm-hmm. at. The yeah. when I was at in Munich, so the players come off the practice field. There's like there's all these plans for like Doncourt to like play, and then it that weird technicality comes up. The like mm. he can't play because of how he'd been activated off a, a practice squad or something, and like it's obvious that he just like they'd flown all the way to Germany and they'd like just found out. So he was like happy to be in Germany, but he just looked distraught, and then uh... he had to go up on the podium and talk about like. What's it like being uh, German? And he was just he was <laughs> like, "Yeah, that's I really I don't, sad. I don't yeah. want to be here." And like, I think Pete Carroll <laughs> genuinely thought about like just playing him anyway. Or like, it was cool. He <laughs> he ran out of the flag, but like, uh, yeah, he obviously wasn't uh, up to speed with the NFL. Like, he'd been on the practice squad for two years now. Yeah, and he just, you know, clearly didn't quite have it. I mean, I'm surprised that it was that bad. Like, it must have been. Not to not to beat up on the guy, but it must have been bad. Like, I don't know how. Yeah, you don't. Get yeah. Sad. Well, yeah, and well, and another thing too is like you know you're not like outside of the preseason, out of, outside of a you know a couple of quarters, really, you're not getting actual game action. So you know, for two straight years after playing, you know, pretty much like Division Two college football, you know, or even worse than that, right? Because he was at that. New Mexico Military Institute for like two years or three years or something like that before he ended up going to Arkansas State. Like, um, yeah, so he hasn't been, you know, getting a lot of, you know, premier action, right? And so that kind of brings up the discussion about the XFL in general that, you know, I think, you know, the, both sides, both the NFL and the XFL can really help each other here because you essentially if they can come to an agreement in terms of making the xfl essentially a developmental league right um and uh and essentially having teams loan players to the xfl for developmental purposes 
uh, because then you you boost the quality and and competition ultimately, and you know these guys actually get to play real game snaps instead of just practicing. So you know, hopefully for Doncor, and I mean like like you said, it, it must have been not great for him to not even get a, a single shot at the NFL level. But uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe this is just a matter of him needing actual game reps and. Now that he'll get those, you know, maybe he'll actually uh, get the attention of an NFL team eventually and, and get another opportunity at it. So, we'll yeah, like, like you said, I mean, he will have got better on Seattle's practice squad and this experience will have done him a world of good. Mm. But you don't really get better at football, especially at this stage without playing. And you, you do need to play. And in the NFL, they're not really there to develop players up uh, in a from like the Doncor's level to like being an NFL player, they're there to really like yeah. kind of fine tune and hone. So an XFL environment where he plays at yeah. least and learns from that, that, you know, that. Yeah. If they, like I, we've been talking about this on, on my Patreon show. Um, Colby oh, plug yeah. it. Patreon.com forward slash control the zone. $3 a month gets you access to all of our Wednesday shows. Wow. Uh, so we've been, we've been talking about that on our Patreon show that like, that they need to find a way to make the XFL essentially like the G League. Like the NFL could use a, a G League. Like maybe not, you know, like a, a minor league team for all 32 teams, you know, but maybe like 10 teams that, you know, and, you know, each team has like an assigned number of slots that they can use for developmental guys. Uh, I think that would do, you know, a world of, of of good for for some of these guys, especially guys that are like Doncor that just are so raw. Like they have a lot of potential. Like you, you know, but they're just so raw, and they just they're unable to get into to game action because of that. Like it's just they're going to end up being a liability. So you kind of have to balance that if you're a team like the Seahawks. Like, yeah, I need to get this guy game reps, but he's he's just so raw that it's going to it's likely going to hurt me if i actually play him so like it's kind of a catch 22 in that situation so yeah the g league is the exact kind of scenario cuz like yeah there's football in europe but doncor would absolutely dominate there's like there's a reason he's in this country and he's still yeah. young enough to you know develop and it's probably better than like most germ like the german league which is like one of the best ones in europe or mm. so yeah hopefully hopefully that works out for him hopefully we we hear from him see him make him some cool plays in the xfl okay ty did you see this nfl players association report card thing i, I did i i well the, i've seen i i haven't seen all of them but i've seen like the ones that are really bad <laughs> And then obviously yeah, the the, one. that's kind of how it went. So yeah. March the 1st, or it may have been February 28th, the NFL Players Association released report cards for all 32 teams, grading them in a variety of categories with the intention of aiding players' decisions ahead of free agency. So, you know, mm. what franchise do you not want to go to because it's crap? Mm. So the Seahawks, they got graded. Mm. Breakdown of the key categories. So treatment of families, B+, tied fifth. Food service, nutrition, B plus, tied eighth. Nice. Weight room, A minus, tied ninth. Nice. Strength coaches, A minus, tied seventeenth. Training room, B minus, tied twelfth. Training staff, B plus, tied twenty second. Locker room, A minus, tied eighth. Team travel, 
see tied 21st. Yeah. So yeah. overall, Seattle placed 11th. That was four spots behind NFC West leader, the 49ers, who were seventh in the league. I mean, 11th is fine. And really what gets Seattle down there particularly is... Geography. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know how travel you can do much better in that. Like, Yeah, I'm honestly surprised they didn't get enough. Yeah, well, the, the big thing here is, like, maybe if they had a wealthier owner, there wouldn't be as much of an issue. I mean, money does solve a lot of things. So, for instance, right. they need to improve on making travel more comfortable for players that one of only seven teams that do not offer players first-class flights. Mm. The only exception oh, is after yeah. road victories. Right, so, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, not, not flying first-class is somewhat surprising, but, like... uh they have like charter planes, right? Yeah, so, but I guess they're just all kind of crammed in, like they're all crammed. Coach. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, so ninety-three percent of players believe that Seahawks ownership is willing to invest money in upgrading the facilities. Uh, mm. They there's also a desire to have more staff support, player training, and recovery um, oh. on on top of the travel thing. So. They, they they did fine, like mm -hmm. above average. Uh, maybe it could be slightly better. Obviously, the death of Paul Allen, not to turn attention on Jody Allen, but like there's a transition between that those two things. And not, mm. we don't know what I mean. They've only spoke positively about Jody Allen, that is in Pete Carroll and John Schneider. So, and mm. um, you know the the shadow of Jeff Bezos with the rumors of the team that lurks, especially with like the commanders coming up for sale and Bezos being obviously. Seattle based. So mm -hmm. maybe that one day would happen. Would Jeff Bezos not have first team, uh, uh, not have a uh, first class flight? Probably not. But then Jeff Bezos know, buy the Mariners instead. He is quite rich. He should yeah. buy the Mariners instead. Buy the Mariners Why hasn't instead. He? So we can run like an actual like $350 million payroll like the Mets. Let's do that. <laughs> that would be hilarious. And I'm at, like, I don't know. Ba with baseball, that would almost be more fun. There'd be like loads of mistakes. And like, I feel, uh, I feel, I mean, I don't know, Jeff. Me and Jeffrey went on. Mm -hmm. I mean, I pay him like a, a few dollars a month. Like, you know, right, right. you get the prime in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Got to gotta get that prime video. You, you got to. You just yeah. have to. You, you, they told me to. So got to pay right? for that Thursday night prime vision. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah, even get yeah, that. But yeah. but anyway, uh, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. Al yeah. Michaels needs to get paid. So. Al does need to get paid. But the the best stuff was the teams who got the Fs. Mm. So some teams failed. Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> the Cardinals came thirty <laughs> first out of thirty two NFL teams. Oh, I uh, thought they finished thirty second. Who who finished behind them? You know who. Oh, the yeah. commanders. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, yeah. So Arizona's grades: F, F, F minus, F minus. Strength coach is higher than Seahawks. They got an A. Wow. Training room F minus. Training staff B plus. Team travel B plus. So higher than Seahawks for the travel. Mm -hmm. But um. This is the best bit. If players would like dinner, it will be boxed up for them. But players reported to the team 
but players reported that the team will charge you via a payroll deduction. So they charge you if you want food boxed up. Oh my god. <laughs> players <laughs> reported that if you work out at the facility after the season's over, the team charges you for every meal eaten at the facility. <laughs> <laughs> and again, they're the only team which does that. Yeah. That that sounds like something they would do. That sounds like a very Cardinals thing. M- Michael Bidwell. Common Cardinals L. Yeah, just like <laughs> just abysmal. <laughs> I mean, because like Bid- the perception of Bidwell is that he's cheap, right? Yeah. But like this doesn't. This kind of. This is. Yeah, this is. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is absolutely that. Oh, dear. It's, it's kind of funny too because didn't he just like eat a ton of money for Kingsbury? Yeah, sent him off to Thailand, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cliff said he was going to Thailand, and then I swear he uh did he interview for the Patriots job? Oh no, an... he interviewed somewhere. He yeah. interviewed. I think it was out of college. I think yeah, it was out of college that he interviewed. Must have must have been like via Zoom, like yeah. <laughs> right. So and then and then the commanders are just abysmal. And but it was nice that Seattle, I guess, in this, there was nothing like egregious. Mm. There was nothing was like this is not how like it's the NFL. How is this a thing? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, stuff. that's that's rough. Yeah. And second place in the NFC West, not 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 the worst thing in the world. I think the travel thing just got gets them down, and I don't really mm. know. Like that would be a lot of money to keep flying first class around the world. And also, just I think, would it be a, such an issue if you weren't flying so far every time? No. So, mm, yeah. If you're East Coast, it would be. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, Ty, I think that's us done. Pretty People quick. Watching, please, please like the video, comment, subscribe, like the download video, the podcast. None of you commented today. Pardon? Comments were comments were empty today. Well, Al Al did comment before, yeah, but okay. maybe maybe people are Let's afraid after what happened before that you know, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's look at the let's look at the likes. Let's look at the likes. There you go. Six so, six six likes, but we have like sixteen people watching. So like the video, like the video, please. do it. And we'll be back tomorrow with a full combine recap. We're not burying our heads in the sand. We are aware mm. the combine's on. I've literally got it over on this monitor. Right. And yeah, we'll we'll pick out some standouts. Don't forget, we did a combine podcast the other day on the most important stuff: the defense, the interior, mm. exterior, defensive lines, the linebackers as well. Some of these corners have me excited, Ty. So we'll we'll have to talk about that tomorrow. Jo- Joey Porter. Porter, 34 inch arms. Special guy. It's very long arms. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Very long arms. Good good scouting. Yeah, yeah, very long arms. I actually saw the arm length of uh, Julius Brents and was like, Oh, yeah, he's, yeah. Oh, my God. Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson jumped 40.5 inches on the vertical jump. Number one pick. Yep. Texans. There you go. Texans. Texans. Yeah. That's great. You're athletic and you have some of the most exciting college football tape. You are now doomed. Sorry, mate. 
No, you don't get to do. You don't get to sit behind uh, Alex Smith and be with Andy Reid. No, 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 no. You are literally the hopes of a franchise. Mm-hmm. You're done. Right. Enjoy, enjoy playing for uh, Matt Eberflus. Eberflus. Justin yep. Fields gets traded to the Seahawks. You heard it here first. Justin. Justin. This <laughs> this just in. This show is over. Yeah, this show is over. Very over.